0: I state your name, do solemnly swear that I'll support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I'll bear true faith and allegiance to the same that I'll obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God.
1: Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. Today, we wanted to release a bonus episode in honor of Veterans Day. November 11th, as you know, is a federal holiday observed annually to honor, acknowledge our living veterans. Veterans Day is a day to honor and thank those who have served our country during peace and during war. I love Elmer Davis's quote that says, this nation will remain the land of the free only so long as it is the home of the brave. The United States of America is the land of the free because of the brave, and today we want to honor and recognize so many of our veterans who have been willing to give their service and sacrifice to our freedom. Today, we want to honor every single veteran by introducing you to some of our staff members who have served and the impact the service had on them. The reason someone joins the armed forces varies, and they're very unique. Some enlist, some are commissioned, and some were drafted back in the day. But no matter the reason, the length, or motivation for joining the service, our veterans deserve our gratitude. We often associate Veterans Day um, and veterans with combat. We often think of the brave men fighting in D-Day, Korean War veterans who deployed just a few years after World War II, the Vietnam War, and now our longest conflict that our nation has ever been a part of, the global war on terror, But not everyone who has served, has served during combat or been deployed. And so on Veterans Day, we recognize all our armed service members who are willing to provide freedom, safety, and ready and willing when and if their nation called on them. U.S. Census Bureau released a report in June 2020 saying that 18 million veterans are living in the U.S. today. That's 7% of our adult age population. And Samaritan's Purse has over 90 veterans currently serving within the ministry. Ninety. I was surprised, too. That's a big number. And we're so grateful to have such talented and resilient veterans serving with us. And so today, we want to introduce you to a few of our veterans that serve within the staff. Personally, where did you serve, and what did you do for the military?
0: Mm. Well, my service was mostly done— in a small special operations unit called the 75th Range Regiment. I spent 16 years, um, 20 altogether with West Point, um, but 16 years on on active duty there um, what the Army considers active duty uh, in this small unit. And if I wasn't there, I was another various special operations command, the United States Army Special Operations Command, and then another joint headquarters for special operations down at Bragg. Um, what we did overseas, we usually had a small list of targets that we generated and tracked, and then we went overseas and I conducted counterterrorism operations. So since 9-11 happened my junior year at West Point, most of my career was spent in counterterrorism.
2: Um, well, I'm Darren Goodweiler. I'm the Chief Compliance Risk Officer for uh, Samaritan's Purse. So I, I served from the years of 1983 to 1989. I started out in the infantry out in 1st Marine Division, which was out in Headquartered out of Camp Pendleton, California. Uh, from there, I, was, uh, I had received orders to go to, to Marine Barracks 8th and I, which is in Washington, D.C. It's uh, their presidential honor guard. And um, so I worked at the White House and did parades and, and you know, funerals and all kinds of things in Washington, D.C., which I was very honored to do. Um, I reenlisted to go into EOD, which is Explosive Ordnance Disposal, which uh, is a bomb technician. And um, the last duty station I served in before I left to go into the Secret Service was down in um, Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma, Arizona.
0: Tim Brown, and I'm the security director for domestic security. I served from uh, 1983 to 2004. I was in the Marine Corps and in infantry. I counted it up one time, I think 30-some countries, you know, some of them multiple times, but I retired, you know, retired uh, with
3: 21 years mm-hmm. as a first sergeant.
4: I commissioned in college and uh, went straight to my officer basic course right after college. And then a little thing called 9-11 changed all of our lives. And I went straight from commissioning to Iraq in the first part of 2003. And so I had initially um, intended on being a reserve officer my entire career. Um, but ended up serving a few years, actually six years, on active duty, um, just because things had changed so much, and there was a need for officers in different places. And so I did a tour in Iraq, and then later on a tour in Afghanistan. I did some time in Washington and a couple of other places. And right now I am assigned as an Army Reserve officer to um, headquarters in
3: Africa. Um, My name is Luis Onda, but I go by Lou, Mm -hmm. and I'm one of the uh, regional chaplains with Operation Heal Our Patriots. So I was in the Navy for Mm -hmm. nine years, nine months, Mm -hmm. one week, one day. (laughs) Um, I was an electrician and diver on board uh, nuclear-powered submarines during the Cold War. Mm -hmm. I did that for a few years, and then I was on the deep submergence rescue vehicles, which used to rescue the crew of a sunken sub. And then I had about a 15-year break at uh, the Lord— called me to come in the ministry at the age of 40, hmm. and so went to seminary, um, started seminary in January of uh, 2004, and by September of 2008, I was in the Army as an Army chaplain,
1: hmm.
3: and uh, deployed Iraq and Afghanistan as an Army chaplain.
1: So amazing, and I just love the way that God uses gifts, talents, and backgrounds, uh, you know, for His glory, and it, at the end of the day, we all need Christ. That's Amen. the common denominator, and that is, you know, why this ministry is different than any other Um Amen. So, talk to me about um, as a veteran and now serving veterans. Um, talk to me about what Veterans Day means to you.
2: Well, it's it's really an opportunity. It's a time to stop and reflect and uh, sit back and appreciate all of those. Uh, you know, you, you there's uh, you know all gave some and some gave all, and to to say that regardless, when you sign the paper and you and you you know raise your hand and you take the oath to protect the country against enemies foreign and domestic you're You're signing a blank check um, that says it's me up and including my life, and so everybody who served, regardless whether they served in combat, whether they served in whatever branch of service whatever whatever they did and however they served, um, that they have the gratitude of this nation, and that um, you know and and all those who have gone before and all of those who have been behind and supporting um it just really
5: makes me stop and reflect and and I, I am so grateful. A lot of that is the the blood, sweat, and tears, and, and the loss of life of of people that have fought for this country. And so, Veterans Day does hold a special place in my heart because um, we wouldn't have the freedom that we have today if it wasn't for those sacrifices made.
1: Well, thank you for serving. Yeah. Um, we appreciate your service. What is it like to have worn the American flag on your shoulder? Mm-hmm. You know, served in the military. And now you serve in a ministry. So very similar. I do think there are parallels. You know, we're both serving bigger something bigger than ourselves. I mean, now it's our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, but what what did the military prepare you for in ministry? Um, and what do you enjoy here that you didn't get to do in the military?
6: Part of that first is just serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um and doing that day in and day out, you know, you could do that in the military, but it wasn't always the mission. Uh, mm-hmm. of, of course, Lord calls us to make that our mission, but, you know, through the the military, we're focused on other things, uh, the goals and whatnot. But um, now the mission is to, is to share the love of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. that's what uh, I get excited about, and that's what um, I focus my service on now. Um And just not knowing what's coming day to day is exciting. And I Mm -hmm. learned that in the military Mm -hmm. is uh, you never know what each day brings. You never know what orders you're going to get. And um, it's just awesome to be able to take orders from the Lord Jesus Christ now. Mm -hmm. And not knowing what's coming or where you're going, um, much like my career here at Samaritan's Mm -hmm. Purse, not knowing where it's going to lead me. uh, But just learning to trust in it and trust in um, uh, what the Lord's calling us to do, just like I had to learn to trust my leadership in the military mm-hmm. um, and not question what they're asking me to do. Just do it, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly do it. Um, and that really translates to what we do in this ministry and what we do as we serve the Lord is just, uh, without question, just go in the direction He calls us to go.
4: I would say that, you know, the team environment is probably the most, um, that's the strongest similarity I could draw. Um, or I, that I could make because that same team environment that existed uh, in the military for me certainly exists with the country teams that I've been privileged to work with. It's a, it's a bonding experience. Those challenges, you know, there's growth and struggle in those challenges that you face together, uh, whether it be learning how to live without water or learning how to help somebody else have access to water. Uh, they are bonding-type experiences. And when we do it all rooted in our collective mission to share the love of Christ to those who don't know Him, uh, that creates an even higher uh, level of bonding. And so there's a spiritual connection there that is strong and enduring. And those things are fantastic. And, and I, I love that about both organizations. We go into difficult areas and serve people that are struggling immensely, whether it be directly after a disaster or more for um, a long-term recovery situation, it's focused on solving those problems but meeting the needs of people where they are, um, which takes a great deal of compassion. And so having a level of compassionate leadership is something that is a direct correlation from the military to civilian service in, in Samaritan's First specifically. Uh, those things are present in both. Um, having to be adaptable and flexible, those things are present in both. Uh, being able to take some, uh, some level of risk, the, you know, those are clearly present in both.
2: When you think about the similarities between serving in the military and serving the ministry, Um, the Marine Corps motto is Semper Fidelis, which is always faithful. And when you think about, um, always faithful, that is truly, um, where Samaritan's Purse is, is one of its greatest strengths is it's faithfulness to the mission. The other part of it is just the band of brothers. In In the Marines, I had, you know, these, these, these young men and women that I served with and, um, it was a family. And here at Samaritan's Purse, you have this brothers and sisters in Christ that um, feels more like a family than any other place I've been. Um, so it's it's very similar from that perspective.
0: I don't serve that American flag, that U.S. Army that's on my chest anymore, the unit insignia. My identity is not in that tambourine. It's in Scripture, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my probably my favorite part about being at Samaritan's Purse is that our identity is, and it says it on our airplane, you know, serving in Jesus' name. Where that's what we're coming for. That's my identity is Jesus.
1: And um, and as you bring up scripture, um, is there a certain scripture that the Lord comforted you with in times of trouble or deployments or hard times?
5: Micah six eight. He has shown you, oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And so, um, I try to take those uh, that scripture to heart. You know, what am I doing on a daily basis? um to to act justly what am i doing on a daily basis to show others mercy and um and then truly remain humble um no matter what position i'm in no matter where i'm at to to show humility for wisdom a lot of times james is a,
0: a treasure trove and i'd go through james quite a bit mm-hmm. um you know, on deployment but at the end of the day there would be things that are bigger than me that i didn't understand and that I would struggle with and I was sitting in a crater watching a helicopter take Jason Vingar's body away. So when I would sit there in that one ditch, I remember thinking, trust in the Lord with all your heart, only not on your own understanding. And I said that verse over and over. So God used that in ways I didn't understand at the time. And still, I'm sure Jason's life means something more, but that's, there's countless stories like that. A guys, a guy I wear on my wrist. Love the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. of all people. Lord, why, you know, why him? Now, Why Jason Fiengar? You know, why Josh Gavlik? I don't know. I won't know this side of heaven, but trust in the Lord with all your heart.
1: In
0: mm-hmm. you know, all your understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths.
2: There's, you know, Romans eight twenty eight 28 is, uh, you know, for the Lord makes all things work together for good. For those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose, and when you think about all of the various things we do on a daily basis, whether we're in the military or whatever we're doing for our role, uh, it's that matter of service. And, and how is the Lord calling us um, to to do these things to, to better to benefit His kingdom and to benefit His people here on Earth? And that is that's a very difficult. It was very difficult for me to surrender. But once I started getting out of his way and watching the incredible things he did <clears throat> that he equipped me for and understanding that anything good that I've ever accomplished, anything that I've ever completed, training or anything like that, he's used to equip and prepare me for such a time as this. And uh, he has called me into this ministry and uh, he has called me to do his will. And and that surrender, that daily surrender is something I would wish on everybody and that they understand that every day uh we live i mean the devil would want nothing more than to take out this man's purse uh, because of the work we're doing and every day we live under spiritual warfare and every day you step foot on campus you're stepping foot into a battle zone and and for people to understand and realize that that the, that the, the evil one has, has got his his eyes on us and he'll do anything to derail us you see that in compliance and you see that in risk and we understand that as a risk and and the leadership team is very aware of that as a risk. And so walking into those risks every day to ensure that we're trying to do the best we can and to do what the Lord wants us to do and, and to walk in that obedience is really um the key.
1: To close, um, as a veteran, how can we be praying for our veterans um and for those that are that are currently fighting this war?
0: My prayer, and if you and I'd ask, you know, our listeners to pray for our veterans, that they learn to surrender and they give that over to the Lord and that they know they weren't meant to do this alone and go through this alone. I pray that for our OHOP veterans, uh, that God loves them, even through their injuries and things that happened to them. God's not done with them. God has a purpose and a plan and has molded them you know, just for a certain occasion or just for a certain portion of that life maybe. And you know, the finest parts of, of their life are to come. Um you know, that it's not over as soon as you hang up the uniform. That's why I was telling our staff earlier that, you know, serving this nation and serving our Lord and Savior is you
5: got more of an opportunity now than ever. Pray for surrender. Um, so just pray, I think, um, for not only the veterans, but their their spouses, their children that um that had experience. and uh, that was a big part of their their culture in life. and life in and so Um, and yeah, that I just, uh, just pray that, that, um, even for our folks that are still in the military, that pray for our chaplains, um, pray that, that the Lord calls, uh, godly men and women to, um, lead our, our military folks, um, that that God will just raise up a a group of godly men and women who desire to serve and desire to, to pour out on our, our men and women in the military would be wonderful.
4: Well, I think it's important to veterans that they feel connected to the community around them. They feel connected to family and to friends and to a purpose, a mission. And so I pray for veterans that they um, feel connected, that they are connected in a meaningful way. I think it can be easy to exist in a crowded room, but yet still feel a bit isolated as a veteran. It doesn't always Um, feel that other people kind of understand you or understand where you're coming from. And so there's that tendency to feel a little misunderstood. And so they draw back and they stay a little bit isolated. And I think, you know, I pray for the people that are around veterans, that they find ways to connect, that they allow veterans to tell their stories. And I think it's important to understand that most veterans around you have many untold stories. And so I pray for the people that are around them, that are loving them, that they find a way to help them feel connected and understood, and, and that their stories that are untold have an opportunity to be heard. And I always pray that the wounds of the past are healed and that they find their purpose in the kingdom of God.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today. And to our veterans listening, thank you. Thank you for your selfless service and your sacrifice to our nation. We're truly so grateful for what you have bravely done and continue to do to keep America free. And to any family members of a service member, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing and sending your loved one on behalf of our country. I know personally, as an Army wife, that the family members sacrifice too. And so we're grateful for you allowing your loved one to serve our country. Words of gratitude are great, but actions are better. And so I hope this episode encourages you to take action. John F. Kennedy said, As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. End of quote. So I pray that this episode encourages you to live by them. Live up to these freedoms that people have given their life uh, for us to have. And so be worthy of the freedom that they fought to protect. If you want to hear more about the ministry, Operation Heal Our Patriots, you can go back to previous episodes that we aired November 6th, 2019. The title is The Lifelong Impact of Operation Heal Our Patriots, and we also released one on July 1st. As you know, our military has been engaged in the longest period of sustained conflict in our nation's history, and Operation Heal Our Patriots has been a powerful ministry. Recognizing that the service members that have served continue and are impacted by their service and sacrifice. The common theme in many of the testimonies that you heard from our veterans were surrendering to Jesus. No matter how much training they've received um, and the amazing brothers by their side, our veterans realize there's a need to surrender to Jesus Christ. And many of these veterans, you know, physically things might have changed, but spiritually, there is a hope and a renewal that can continue to take place. I want to close reading 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 as Paul says it so well. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen— for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. To close, I asked one of our chaplains, who works with Operation Heal Our Patriots, Lou, to close us in prayer.
3: Almighty Father, um, we thank you, God, that you've allowed us to live in a nation that is free. We thank you, Lord, that you've blessed richly um, this nation. Um, Lord, uh, just ask, Lord, that uh, right now and just in the midst of all the transition and all that's going on, Father, this does not take you by surprise. Leaders are water in your hand. Father, you, God of heaven, are on the throne of all nations, that you would restore marriages, that you'd bring healing and restoration to these families, to the children who um, every year want to know what happened and uh, maybe struggle with just in that. Lord, we know that we have many of our military that are in harm's way right now. Uh, fighting for and willing to lay down their lives for um, a freedom uh, that's back in these states that is, um, if I may, gone wild. Um, That's uh, really just gone against anything, Lord, Heavenly Father, that is from above. And so pray your protection. Pray that you would lead us as a nation. Pray that you would forgive us as a nation. And pray, God of heaven, that your hand would be upon uh, these men and women, these families, especially with Veterans Day coming up. That you, God of heaven, would uh, just... Uh, Bring compassion, bring healing, bring hope. In Jesus' name, amen.